Well, hey everyone. Uh, so great to be able to connect with you again today. And uh, if you so happen to be watching for the very first time, uh, welcome. Uh, glad that you're here. You know, one of the themes uh, has been one that's kind of been recurrent for us at Calvary during the time of the coronavirus has been um, not just how do we survive it? How do we get through the pandemic? I understand that's part of it. But instead, how do we, um, how do we live as overcomers? How do we maintain a vibrancy in our walk with Jesus and even see this time of trial enhancing that vibrancy? I think Paul uh, addresses this issue as he writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to share that passage with you in just a, a couple of minutes. And there we're going to see that through Paul, God reveals that if, if we are to remain passionate, if we're to experience spiritual victory and, and vitality in the time of trial, then we, we have to have a particular posture, a, a unique and particular orientation. Regardless of what we face, we are called to see our lives in light of our identity in Christ Jesus and his calling on our lives. No doubt this has been and it continues to be a memorable and um, historic time for each of us, for nearly everyone in the world. We're facing difficulties, adversity. We're experiencing heartache, pain, and, and, and very real loss. We might be battling fear and uncertainty. Yet these challenges and any like them, they, I believe they can be faced with grace and joy with peace and confidence. And I also believe that they can and they will actually yield a spiritual growth and victory in Christ. That's what I'd like to share with you today. And uh, just before we do that, just before we jump into the passage, um, I want us to pray together. So if you'd bow your heads with me, uh, that'd be great. I'm going to lead us in doing that. Father God, thank you for your invitation to us. Um, to pray to you, to learn from you, to come to you. And we do, God, come to you in this moment asking you to be our teacher. As we gather with other followers of yours around your word, God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would open our minds, our hearts, our wills, that we might, Lord, having heard from you, that we, we might walk in obedience. We pray, God, that you would change us and that you would use Again, the, the, the truth of your word and the power of your spirit to do that. We thank you, God, for uh, the chance to be changed by all of that. And we ask that you would do it according to your will and for your honor and glory alone. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, there's, um, there's probably no aspect of our life that isn't enhanced um, by preparation. <laughs> um, everything is better when we prepare for it, probably, right? I mean, to be ill-prepared is not is usually not the best choice in, in any aspect of our life. Prepping is super important. We certainly know that today, right? In the age of the coronavirus pandemic. Masks, gloves, wipes, hand washing, sanitizer, etc., etc., etc. Uh, I pray that today we could see the, the passage that we're going to look at as one that would help to prepare us for spiritual victory. There are a couple of aspects that we're going to see 
in this passage. And the first thing that I'd suggest that we're going to see within it as we begin to, to look at it is the power that is within us. Reading from, again, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, verse 16, Paul says this, Therefore, we do not give up. Even though our outer person is being destroyed, our inner person is being renewed day by day. To thrive in the times of crisis, we must understand the power that we have in Christ Jesus, the power within us. It involves this power that we have. It involves, first, a determination, a resolve. You see that when, when Paul says to the Corinthians and to us, we do not give up. We do not give up. The, the word, the Greek word that's translated into English in our translation as give up is, is ekakeo. It means to be utterly spiritless, <laughs> to lose courage, to be wearied out, to be exhausted. And Paul says we're not that. We do not experience that. We're not spiritless. We're, we're, we're not afraid. We haven't lost courage. We're not worn out. We're not exhausted. We do not give up. This resolve or determination that Paul speaks of is actually spoken in light of, of what he had said in the, in the preceding verses. In that same chapter, chapter seven of, or chapter four of 2 Corinthians, verse seven, Paul says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show this all surpassing power that is from God and not from us. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Although we face trouble, although we face perplexity, although we face per persecution, although we face uh, struggle and trial, we are enabled, we are empowered in Christ Jesus. He is to be the, the center of our being, the core of our very existence. And we, when he is that, we can have great confidence in him. There's never been a time or a situation where he's failed. We fail. We stumble. We fall. We sin. We mess up. But Jesus never does. Jesus never fails. Life is difficult for sure. And, and we're all tempted to wander. We're all tempted to veer off, to abandon, to collapse. But we are strong in him, Scripture says. We are strong in him in the midst of adversity when some are tempted to even abandon the faith. Paul and all those who are committed remain strong in Christ. They did not and we do not faint in the face of adversity. We don't give up as we face difficulty, but we do not stand in our own strength. We stand in his strength, but we cooperate uh, with that by possessing the determination to press on when it's hard. We do not give up, Paul says. Even though what? The next phrase there in verse 16, our outer person is being destroyed. Something is dying. Paul was well aware of, of, of human limitations. And, and we are too. We're all prone to sickness, ailments, uh, exhaustion. We're all prone to fatigue, decay, and, and even death, of course. We live in a physical body that will not last forever. Paul was, was forced to deal with 
um, of, of physical persecutions that he experienced. Many people brought it against him and his body was, was often racked with, with pain and he, he well understood the mortality of the human experience. Everyone can serve the Lord when the, when the sun is shining and when, when life is good and when everything is kind of on cruise control, everything is going well. It's during the storms of life, it's during the trials that oftentimes we begin to, to question the Lord's faithfulness, to doubt his provision, to doubt his, his presence, sometimes even his existence. Paul refused to use his own limitations as an excuse. He, in ministry, Paul wasn't, uh, as he was getting older and as his, this uh, outer person was being destroyed, uh, he didn't see that as a, a reason for early retirement. In fact, though ministry might have gotten more and more difficult for him physically, he remained committed. In Paul's mind, I think he thought, as long as there is breath in my body, I serve the Lord. And may our heart be that same way. In fact, I would suggest to you that as we experience sort of a, a death of self, it can actually be a positive thing. Paul says in Galatians 2.20 that he had been crucified with Christ Jesus and therefore he no longer lived. But instead, the life that he now lived, he lived through faith in Christ Jesus. It's, there's a determination that happens that yields power. There's a, there's a death that gives life to a new power. There is a, a rejuvenation, you, uh, if you will. The next phrase of that verse 16 is, though that, though that outer person is, is being destroyed, right? Paul says our inner person is being renewed day by day. Life was hard for Paul, and yet he found renewed strength, renewed passion each day. His physical body may be suffering, but the in, his, his inward person, his spirit was renewed daily in the Lord. I believe as he woke, as Paul woke up each day, his passion for Jesus remained. And in fact, I think it, not only did it remain, I, I think it was fresh, it was alive, and it was growing. His inner person, he says, is being renewed day by day. We may have physical limitations, all of us, but spiritually, we can be strong and getting stronger. We may be facing tough times, maybe causing us to have all sorts of doubts, but I believe again, uh, we can be renewed each day that we can become in our faith fresh, alive, and growing. We can be strong again and getting stronger. Regardless of what he faced, it's clear that, that Paul's singular passion for Jesus, for Jesus, it yielded the, the power and the strength for him to press on in life and press on in ministry, even in adversity. Our inner person is the, is the real source of our strength. It's the place from which the real power will flow, the power for victory. We don't rely on our own abilities. God instead seeks those who realize their inability and, and depend on Him for strength. Regardless of what we face in life, we can grow in Christ if we're strengthened in Him. One of the ways in which scripture encourages me is I oftentimes see the words of, of people like Paul or other writers and, and their experience and, and their journey in faith. And I'm, I take courage from what they're experiencing and, and the words that they utter oftentimes to God. One of those passages that's a, one, like uh, one of those that really blesses me is, is from uh, Lamentations chapter three. 
And in Lamentations uh, chapter 3, uh, Jeremiah says this, Remember my affliction and my, and my homelessness, the wormwood and the poison. I continually remember them and I, I've become depressed. He sounds like, again, somebody who ha- is about ready to what? To give up. They're worn out, is lost courage, exhausted. I continually remember my affliction, my homelessness. I can continually remember my problems and I have become depressed. But he goes on in verse 21 to say this, yet I call this to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish for his mercies never end. They are new every morning. What did Paul say? Our inner person is being renewed day by day. Here in Lamentations, his mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say the Lord is my portion, therefore I will put my hope in him. We do not give up. We have resolve and determination. Even though we face difficulty, even though our outward self might be wasting away, even uh, understanding that that might be actually a good thing for us because it leads to our inner person being renewed day by day by day, and that produces within us an incredible strength, strength that I believe will help to yield victory. The second thing that Paul is going to share with the Corinthians is related to uh, the struggle itself. And he's actually going to say that the struggle is beneficial. (laughs) It's useful. And to identify something as a useful struggle, it's not typical for us to use such a positive descriptor, right? For a for a struggle, for a trial, for adversity. But that's what Paul does when he he says these words in verse 17. He says, For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. Paul, in discussing the, the struggles that we face, first identifies what he's going through, what the Corinthians might be going through, and maybe what, even what we're going through as a, as a momentary light affliction. Now, we might question Paul's choice of words, even in, 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 with respect to what he experienced. But we must remember that Paul is looking to change our perspective. There is no doubt that that Paul suffered much for the cause of Jesus. Many would have likely abandoned the ministry if they would have experienced what Paul did, and yet he remained positive. And I don't think it's just because he kind of took the attack of, well, there's someone that's got it worse than me. I don't think that's what Paul was doing here. But instead, it seems like that Paul tried to see his sufferings in view of the sufferings of Jesus. It seems like he he tried to to look at his trials in view of the greater scope of of the gospel, and and he considered his difficulties, his struggles, his problems as minor or light. He also understood that they wouldn't last. They were momentary. That something far greater awaited Paul. Paul, he, he knew the struggles that he faced at any given moment would eventually pass. They'd eventually be gone. He also understood that life on earth, it was, it was just a fleeting moment. Maybe there's no verse in scripture that captures this so, so succinctly as the one in, in James chapter 4, where James says this, you are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. 
Some English translations say you're, you're a mist that appears and then vanishes. Others, even in fact, use the term a puff of smoke. Soon enough, the Lord would call for Paul and he, and he would be delivered from the, from the struggles of this life as he entered into the Lord's eternal presence. I, I think our struggles will be much easier to bear uh, when we are able to maintain a, a proper perspective on them. The storm that we are facing today, it, it will eventually pass. One way or another, it will pass. For many of us, the, the sun will shine again. But regardless, remember that for all of us, our lives here are but that fleeting vapor, that mist, that puff of smoke. This life and the trouble it brings will one day end for all of us. And those saved by God's grace will be able to, at that point, enjoy his perpetual and eternal presence. Because the outcome of this struggle, the, the trial and the, is, is a momentary light affliction. But Paul says it is producing for us, the reason it's useful, the reason it's beneficial is because it's producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. That word incomparable in the, in the Greek, it's hyperbole. Now, it's not exactly how you pronounce it in Greek, but you know what hyperbole is. It's, it's an exaggeration for, for emphasis. And Paul is using an exaggeration to describe what our glory will, will be like. It, it, the, the struggles that we experience produce for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. Paul had, he had not only learned uh, to endure his trials, he also learned to actually appreciate them. While they not, of course, they weren't enjoyable while he was going through them in, in the same way that trials are never enjoyable for us when we're going through them. But he knew that they would produce this, this eternal and glorious thing that, would be, that he would be able to experience as a result of having walked through these times of trial. As he faithfully endured these trials, he became I believe Paul became more and more and more like Jesus. His faithfulness resulted in the salvation of others. He endured patiently. He allowed the Lord to work in his life for the advancement of his kingdom. His trials actually uh, became one of his greatest assets. He said in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, just in the same, the same letter, but in chapter 12, verse 10, he says, for this reason, I am happy when I have weaknesses insults, hard times, sufferings, and all kinds of troubles for Christ. I'm happy when I have those things. How can you be happy about weaknesses, insults, hard times, sufferings, and all kinds of troubles for Christ? He says, because when I am weak, then I am truly strong. Paul would one day hear, well done from the Lord that he loved and served faithfully. The weight of glory pictures for us a scale where the struggles are measured against the joys and the blessings, and there's no comparison between the two, Paul says. One is momentary and light, and one is hyperbole, off the charts. What we're going through, even though it feels so painful and difficult and hard, and I understand that, Paul says, compared to what we receive in glory, those things, they're like, just like barely a speck on the scale 
to the, hyper, to the hyperbole of eternity. There is no comparison between the two. Keeping that perspective will help guide us and strengthen us. It leads us toward that victory. It allows us to even appreciate the struggles that we face for they are actually producing something in us and for us. They are producing a spiritual maturity and ultimately a victory in Christ Jesus. The third thing that Paul is going to mention to them about trying to have this, this posture, this orientation, recognizing the power within, recognizing the usefulness of the struggle, and having a different point of view, a different point of view. Verse 18, the last verse we'll look at, says this, So we do not focus on what is seen, but on, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Here Paul is going to emphasize the, the proper, uh, again, perspective that, we're going to ha- that we need to have. As such, he wants us to consider our, the commitment we have to do just this. When, we, when he says, the beginning of that verse, so we do not focus on what is seen, or yes, on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Paul reminds us that at all times, we're, we're to maintain a spiritual perspective. We don't dwell on the things that we see, the discouragements, the problems, the difficulties, the trials, the adversity, but we, but we focus on the things that our eyes can't see. That sounds weird, right? That's, a, that's like, doesn't make any sense. How do we focus on something that we can't see? Because Paul is inviting us to do something that he had learned. He's inviting us to look through the eyes of faith beyond your present circumstance. We're invited to do that very thing. If we only see the difficulties and the problems that we're experiencing, that yields despair. Remember what Jeremiah said in Lamentations? I I continually remember my affliction, my homelessness, pretty big problems, and I become depressed. So when when we uh, when we you know are focused on our circumstances, it creates in us this 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 um, attitude, this this um, this orientation of despair. We must learn to look instead through the eyes of faith, so that we're not quickly discouraged. Now, we don't, I'm not suggesting that we ignore or deny the struggles and the needs of this life. We just keep that which is eternal as our focus. This life is a season of preparation, I believe, for the life that is to come. So don't dwell on what you see. Don't dwell on what you're experiencing. Don't allow that to be what you're consumed by, but focus on what you cannot see. Focus through faith. The reason for that is, Paul says, for what is seen is temporary. Remember, it's a momentary light affliction. What is seen is temporary. It's passing away. But what is unseen is eternal. We don't allow the trials and the hardships of life to dictate our identity, our purpose, our calling, our existence. Neither do we allow the earthly joys and the blessings to be our focus either. It's not about circumstantial living. Neither the struggles nor the successes will last. All that we experience in this life is temporal. Everything 
It will eventually fade away. It's all gone. There's one thing that will remain. That is what we have in Christ Jesus. The fact that we are the children of God. That reality for us, that our identity in him is secure, not only for the, this life, but for the life to come, is something that can inspire great hope and confidence within us. We cannot allow that which is temporary to divert our attention from that which is eternal. The unseen, the eternal, it motivated Paul much more than what he saw and he experienced on a daily basis. And since his focus was on eternity and, and not on the things passing away, he was committed to using as, as much of his life, as much of his effort, as much of his energy to bring about eternal change in the lives of others. He refused to dwell on. He refused to focus on. He, he refused to be consumed by the pain and the difficulty or by the good and pleasurable of the present moment. And he invites us to do that same thing, to refuse to dwell or focus or be consumed by, again, the pain or the pleasure of the present. He knew eternity was what waited for him and it waits for all of us. And he wanted to ensure that he lived, uh, the, that the life that he lived was a holistic witness of the good news about Jesus. He wanted to do all he could in the present life to honor and glorify him, uh, glorify Jesus for the life to come. Though hidden to the natural eye, Paul was looking toward eternity. That kept him focused in life kept him focused in ministry. Do you share that spiritual and eternal direction in your life? On what or on whom are you focused today? Are you dwelling on the difficulties that, and trials and adversity that we're currently facing? Or are you consumed by the successes that you're experiencing or at least you're pursuing? Or do you view all of them instead in the light of eternity. The perception we have of our life will absolutely affect the way that we live it and also ultimately our eternity. Paul, in writing to the Corinthians, had the goal of changing their perspective to be more in line with one that would yield spiritual victory. Let me reread those verses to you just all together. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Let's pray. God, in this moment, we pray that you would help us to see something beyond what we're experiencing, to see your will for our life, to see your calling in Christ Jesus. 
Help us to yield ourselves to you in that, Lord. We pray that you would help us to grow beyond the circumstances of struggle and trial. And that as we experience them, we could see them with a newfound purposefulness because we know that they're ultimately contributing to who we are in you and the glory that we will experience someday. We pray those things, Lord, in the great name of Jesus, our Savior and our Lord. Amen.